Hello and welcome to another episode of A Need to Read. This week I was joined by Felicity Smithers to have a chat about The Midnight Library, which is a book by Matt Haig. If you follow A Need to Read on Instagram, you've seen that I've been recommending that almost as if it was going out of fashion because it was probably one of the best novels I've ever read. And I haven't done a book review on it, so I thought I'd get Fliss in to chat about it with me because it's um, a book she got on as well. So... We have a chat about that. We also chat about a lot of other things. Um, Therapy, confidence, growing up, bullies in school, regrets. We go into both of our regrets in life. It was an interesting conversation. I'm very grateful for Fliss to come in on the podcast and I hope you enjoy listening to this one. But before we get into it, a word from sponsors at BetterHelp. Now BetterHelp provide an online therapy service which is about 40 to 50% cheaper than your face-to-face therapy. And guess what? You don't have to wait as long either. You can be speaking to a licensed therapist within 48 hours. Your communication with them will be done through an app. You speak to them video, over the phone. You can even text them and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses from them. Which, if you've ever tried to get access to mental health services through your local healthcare system, it's not 48 hours. But don't take my word for it. BetterHelp have got thousands of testimonials on their website. And if you want to go there and take charge of your mental health, it's betterhelp.com forward slash a need to read. That way you get 10% off your first month. So if you have decided that it's time to put your foot down and say, look, no more. I'm going to get this within my control. Head to betterhelp.com forward slash a need to read. But without further ado, I will introduce this episode right now. Fliss, welcome to a need to read. And thank Hello. you very, Thanks very for much for coming on. I'm excited to talk yes. about knowledge. <laughs> yes, perfect. Well, I, I know you just said that you hate this question, but look, we'll get it out of the way real quick. Um, could you tell everyone a little bit about yourself, please? Yeah, my name is Felicity or Fliss, depends how well you know me. Um, I'm a personal trainer and an online coach. And that literally, I don't have anything else exciting to say. <laughs> what? Well, you do jiu-jitsu. I mean, I probably do. I just, just, I'm a very new jiu-jitsu white belt. <laughs> hey, it doesn't matter how new you are. You're still one. I've been doing it for almost two years and I'm, I'm the same level as you, technically. Still a white belt. I mean, I'm not yeah. that bad, but I'm not great. <laughs> I think that's pretty much everyone that ever does it ever, though. I'm like, as long as I can stay awake, I'm fine. Yeah. Nap, snap, or tap, you know, that's that's how it goes in jiu-jitsu. But like there's gotta there's gotta be more to it. There's gotta be more to you than that. Oh, I've got a good one. Um I used yeah. to be a Disney princess. Oh that sick. Where? Uh, at Par- in Paris, Disneyland Paris. Oh in, in Paris, huh? Ah, we oui. I can't tell you who I was because it means <laughs> the magic. But yeah, you'll leave that thought with Oh you. really? Are they yeah. still are you like oh, contracted yeah. to never say who? Yeah, like you sign like papers and stuff. No way. Yeah, it's quite funny, were, but. Were you in a suit like with your face covered or were you like your you face You had your was face there? in and your face out. Like you do some of each. Oh, so you were two Disney princesses? Or well, you did a few. Let me, let me do something quite cool for you. Hold on a sec. You'll enjoy this. This will be the highlight of your day. Hold on. I'm not sure if you've ever seen this. Oh, I got a little not Pluto signature. Oh no, the ones with my face covered's fine. No one oh, okay. All right, cool. Um, well, for people that are just listening, Fliss just wrote down Pluto on a bit of paper and <laughs> thought it was really impressive. <laughs> no, what's funny is sometimes <laughs> I go to find things and I'm like, I could just do a little signature here and no one would ever know. Oh um, yeah, my signature's shit. It's just a line with a couple like an I and then I just like put a bit up for the H. It's, it's rubbish. That would do. I'm like, that would do. Yeah. <laughs> The, there was definitely something interesting there. We got it out, but we can we can move on from that. Um, the reason you're here today is because we're going to talk about Midnight Library by Matt Hay. We're going to talk about a, a couple other books as well. Book. Is it is it like right up there straight away for you? I think there's that one, and there's one that I'll mention later. They're like my top two favorites I've ever read. Mm. And I've read, I mean, I not probably as many as you, but I've read a few. <laughs> Yeah, well, I understand that I read it too much, probably too much. I read, I read my phone a lot. 
but I try and read at least one every two weeks. Yeah, nice. That's that is a good pace. That was the goal that I'd like set myself at the start of this year, and then I kind of just got a bit carried away. Like, <laughs> and now you're like one away. a day, easy done. I can I can do one in a day, but like I don't like that because then I'm just sitting in and I'm just like plowing through it. But I reckon I'm like two a week at the moment. So let's let's talk about the Midnight Library um, by Matt Haig. So for anyone listening that doesn't know about it, I have been talking about it quite a bit. It follows a woman called Nora. Is that correct, Fliss? Yeah. You've read it more recently than I have. Yeah, um, Nora Seed. Yeah, Nora Seed. Now, Nora is depressed, fair to say. Yeah. Not too happy with her life situation. And it's, it's pretty soon on in the book that she decides that it's time time to die. And she decides she wants to die. So takes a load of pills, drinks a bit of booze, and not to make light of suicide but that's what she does at the start of the book right yeah it's probably the first what two chapters and then Mm. she's gone yeah but that's where the book gets exciting i was reading it and i was like where on earth is this going (laughs) yeah it's i was smiling for like most of this book because i just had such like a feel-good factor of like oh my god this book is like gonna be the best book that i've ever read Um, it's changing my life (laughs) And you know, one of my favourite things, before we talk about the actual content of it, and one thing I really like about this, because my attention span's not great, but how good are the short chapters? Yeah, and you know what? The pages are quite thick, so it feels like you've read loads and you actually haven't read that much, but it feels like when you hold it in your hand, it's loads. Yes, I love that. That's the kind of book reviews we need, because I'm, I'm fed off people talking about the narrative and character development and stuff like that, even though it probably will go into that. But thick pages how big the words are how long the chapters are that's the important bit in books it was one of those where i was like right okay i've got like 10 more minutes and i could get through like two more chapters because they move mm. so quickly but i feel like the chapters are short but it gets to the point quickly it's not one of those that's like she walked down a long red corridor the carpet was glowing it's like she walked down a red corridor let's get on with it yeah yeah real concise in his writing which like Oh, and I just love Matt Haig. Have you read any anything else from Matt Haig before we get into it? I listened to the Reasons to Stay Alive one on that BBC Sounds thing. Yeah, um, that was sick, but I haven't got to any of the other ones yet. I've just ordered the, um, I don't know what it's called. Notes on a Nervous Planet? Mm, no. The Humans? He's got a thing in this book, no? But how many he's done? How to Stop Time. Ah, one of his other novels. I'm going to get into more of his novels because I've only read the other um, Notes on a Nervous Planet and Reasons to Stay Alive, but I'm keen to get into his novels. Yeah, someone inboxed me and said you'd read the other one, so I'm going to see. I'll give it a go. Yeah, nice. I'm Amazon uh, it, so we'll see. Yeah, next day. That's the best thing. I, I find when I'm ordering books, I'll order it one day and then it'll turn up next. I've completely forgot that I've even or- or, like ordered it. And it really just helps with my impulsive book buying. But I've currently got about 40 here that I haven't read yet. So it's, uh, it does get a bit much at times. <laughs> like a book addiction. Yeah, definitely. Like when I run out of money, I don't even want to think about what I'm going to have to do to get books. I mean, you can just sell the ones you've got. Do you like a book exchange? You could join, you should start a book club where you can I've like got a book club, funnily no, enough. But is it like you read one and then you send it and you swap it for one you haven't mm. read? Oh, do you know what? Yes sound like everyone that was my idea you're welcome you can have that one for free. <laughs> <Yes. I'll take laughs> my commission at the end of the year <laughs> oh 10% of fuck all is still gonna be fuck all <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so let's talk about how the book starts once she does kill herself or tries to kill herself who yeah. knows what she actually does um she gets to this midnight library and she's there with the the librarian from her first school and they get out this book of regrets and the book of regrets of course just runs through all of the stuff that the decisions in her life that have been like tipping points ones that she's thought about ones that funny enough like she regrets there's loads in the book but i want to think about what's your favorite chapter of the regrets that she went through and we can talk about that I think my favourite one is where she doesn't become a swimmer. Mm -hmm. Because I think that is something like that I kind of resonated with when I was a child. I wanted to do something 
But then I'm like, if I had carried on doing it, my life wouldn't be how it is now. Mm. So I was listening, I was, well, listening, I was reading it and I was like, mm, imagine if like that was you, but it was written so well because I think the way it took you down different paths of like, if she had done this or if she hadn't done that, then this would have happened. So it kind of made me question like my own life, like if I had led myself down a path. Yeah. Where what, would with it the now? Dancing. Yeah. Like if you carried on doing that. Yeah, because I liked the bits where it was like, um, there was one where, she, I can't remember what it was about, but she'd done something, then her dad had died. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, well, I don't want that if he's not around. Yeah. And then the one where she wasn't close with her brother. I don't want to give too much away if people are going to read it. But like, I hope she's not will. close with her brother anymore. But then, like when it gets to the end of the book and you're like, oh, okay, that turned around nice. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do think it's mad because when you're, when you're reading a book like this and it, it talks about the book of regrets instantly, like I started writing mine and I was like, right, what are these things I've thought of for a long time that I have regretted? Like I said, look quite loosely because not, not to be a cliche and be all like, oh, no regrets because, I mean, we should live like that. It would be a nice way to live. And I think this book is essentially just a big old cliche just wrapped up in a really, really lovely story. Yeah, um, for sure. So let's, let's go into it a little bit more. And obviously you can ask me, um, but what, what is one thing in your life that prior to reading this book, you thought you regretted and then afterwards you've kind of reframed it a little bit? Oh, um, I think I probably regretted not, starting what I'm doing now sooner mm-hmm. like I could have gone into PT like years ago and I just didn't because it was one of those things where it's like I can think of an excuse to do anything else but that and I was always kind of worried like but I won't get money from this and I won't get money from that or I'll lose some friends to do this and the bit in the book where she's talking about her friend moves to Australia yeah. like there was times where I didn't do things with my friends or go traveling with my friends because I was worried that it wouldn't work out so sometimes yeah. I sit there and think, oh, imagine if I had actually gone traveling and done this, this, and this before I have done it, but I just did it a bit later on. Yeah. So I think that probably is, I sit there and just think, imagine if I'd started doing what I'm doing now earlier and not worried about it, but then I wouldn't be where I am now had I done that. Yeah. Does that make I sense? Know what you mean. Yeah. Is it something you thought about? Not a lot before, but it entered your mind and you'd maybe entertain it as something you regretted like more than you would do now. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, sometimes when you're sitting there and you're like, how many shitty jobs did I do before I ended up finding something that I actually enjoyed? Like imagine if at the beginning I hadn't worried about making money or needing money or moving out or I want to go traveling and do this, this and this. Like I could have done so much stuff had I not been stressing about that when I was a bit younger. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think quite similar to yours actually i remember about three or four years ago i'd like broken up with an ex-girlfriend to go traveling so i was like i want to go to australia i didn't end up going until this january and i used i used to think about that for like like so often i think about that because i just got stuck in a job kind of got a little bit used to the money and like you were saying then about oh i didn't want to make the decision because i was i wanted to earn x amount or something like that yeah. And it's just, it's just a load of bollocks that you tell yourself, isn't it? To kind of just not take that leap of faith. It's the but, like, what ifs in the back of your head. That's what I think when I was reading this, I was like, okay. But then if I hadn't done that, then something else wouldn't have happened or I wouldn't have met a lot of my really close friends. Yeah. Like now, but a- if I'd gone traveling four or five years ago, I wouldn't have met them now and then my life wouldn't be how it is now. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, it's so, when you think about it, it's like, it's it mind blowing. My brain. <laughs> yeah, it, it is mind blowing. What's my, your my biggest life. regret? Um, so mine used to be, and this is weird because I was talking about this midnight library today with my therapist, and she was like smiling as I was talking about it. She was like, "If we had this conversation a year ago, it'd have been a completely different person." So I, when I left school, 
first I got kicked out of school. Used to regret that. That was that was not great. And then joined the Marines when I left school. And after about 18 months, I just kept getting injured. And I ended up leaving because I just thought it wasn't going to be the life for me. And I, I always used to think, oh, do I regret leaving? I wish, I wish I'd stayed. And now I look back and I didn't used to like talking about the Marines at all because I used to feel this like shame about leaving. Whereas now yeah. I'm a little bit more comfortable talking about it because it was part of my life for like almost two years. Um, and like that's almost like 10 like maybe eight percent of my life so it's a big bit um so i used to think i didn't try hard enough and i'd regret that and when you look at this book if i'd if i'd stayed in the military like there's so much in my life that has built my character and come to a person today that like i'm moderately happy with him who i am i'm like yeah you're all right now but who knows <laughs> you don't that, like who knows how long that journey would have taken if I'd stayed in the military and who knows who I would be. I don't think I'd be as nice as I am nowadays, not to blow my own I don't trumpet. think you'd be reading this many books. No, definitely not. Definitely not. I'd be probably like naked in a bar somewhere <laughs> on, on little island, hopefully, or I'd just be driving a truck around somewhere on, on some like shitty job because I hadn't bothered to... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but I think there's, there's loads that, when you're reading this book, you do think about, and I think by the end of the book, I, I just had like an, a whole sort of new attitude towards regret. Well, like it solidified yeah, I think my attitude. I finished it before I went to bed and I woke up the next morning. And I was like, right, okay, come on. Like it's time now. But as in like, I was thinking back to all the times I've even sat there and thought, you know, sometimes you're just having a bit of an off day and you're like, oh, I'm really tired. And then you get up the next day and you're like, wow, I really, really regret not doing anything yesterday. Or I regret being a bit lazy or I could have done this. And, it, and I was like, actually, no, because if I hadn't spent that day literally doing nothing, I wouldn't feel as fresh as I do now. Yeah. And you have that productivity surge of like, I'm going to make up for that. And yeah. Do also, stuff I think, that you wouldn't have done. Like some mornings people are like, they set their alarm for like, I don't know, like 6.30 a.m. And they're like, their alarm goes off. They're really tired. They don't want to get up straight away. They lay in bed for another hour, but they feel a lot better for it. But in the afternoon, they'll be like, oh, I really regret not going to the gym this morning. Like, mm. you probably wouldn't have done because you would have gone and then you would have felt tired all day. Like, there's so many little regrets, I think, in everyone's day-to-day -day life. If I actually sat there and thought about it, they weren't the big regrets that would change yeah. the course of your life. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I, I, it'd be quite an interesting like exercise to do is at the end of each month or like at the end of each year, like write down things that you think you regret and then just work out why you didn't regret them. Yeah, that's a good one. actually. I was, um, I was speaking to a friend earlier and her boyfriend's just broken up there. They've been together a couple of years. Like she's devastated. And I, someone broke up with me someone my ex-girlfriend <laughs> broke, <laughs> broke up with me last last december and i i took it pretty bad but now the way that i can frame it is like there's so many like amazing people that i've met that i would never have met like one of my best friends i flew to bali like three days after we broke up because i was like i need to just get out of here met who's yeah. now like one of my best mates and i remind her about it all the time i'm like mate imagine i hadn't been dumped we wouldn't, we literally wouldn't be friends. But you wouldn't have met. But that's what's the cool thing. I feel like everyone goes to Bali when they get the heartbroken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you hadn't gone to Bali, you wouldn't have met some people, even like your best friend or there'd be like probably 10 people that you've met in Bali that you wouldn't have otherwise met had that happened. But then I always sit there and I'm like, would I have met them in a few years down the line in another mm. situation? About people that meant to be in your life end up being in your life. Yeah. So like the girl in the, when she had the husband in the book, would she have met the husband had it happened further down the line or would the husband just not exist? Like obviously he exists as a human being, but like, would they have ever have met? And then sometimes I think yeah. about that I've met now, but in a different situation. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, weird. do you believe in stuff like that? Like the, the universe um, and stuff up for you and really kind of, but not like, not like shoving crystals up your bum kind of job. But I like, always say about shoving crystals up people's asses. How funny. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't really know how to tell you, but you know. Um, no, I think it, you can put yourself in a position for things to happen. 
And I think mm. you could kind of angle your life if you want something to happen to you, you can angle your life that it will. But I don't think, I, don't, I personally don't think that someone's like, oh, this was supposed to happen to you. Yeah, yeah. like I you're not there. The position, but like, I don't think my life's already mapped out for me. Yeah, no, you don't want to hand responsibility to someone else. You kind of want to take the responsibility yourself. and Because yeah. as soon as you hand it over, when good things happen, you can't take credit for it. So no, you don't, exactly. don't get to be like, I made that happen. Because I feel like you have to work for something as well. Like you can also, if you're good at a job, like you can work towards something within your job, but someone's not going to give that to you. You have to do the work. It's like when yeah. you're doing work on yourself, like, no one took me to therapy. I took myself to therapy. Mm. So I don't... Was, was, was that something that... I'm, I know we're going to digress here, but that's the best way for this podcast to go. Did you take yourself to therapy? Or were there people that were like, hey, you should probably go? No, I took myself because I was like, yeah. there's so much stuff going on in my head. And I was like, it's not mm. fair for me to put this on other people. Yeah, and I then, get that. Looking back now, I probably should have gone sooner than I did. But like, when, no regrets though. No, but as in, I wanted to, but I was kind of embarrassed. Yeah. And I even said that to her the first time I sat down. I was like, I'm really embarrassed to be here. And she was like, Why? I was like, Okay, yeah, yeah I don't know. Well, like, was there a reason that you felt embarrassed? Because when I left the Marines, my mum tried to make me go to therapy, and I went to one session. Sat there for about 15, 20 minutes. She asked me a couple awkward questions. I started like welling up because I can't. I still can't really talk about emotional stuff unless I'm being like pragmatic and, and leading the conversation without crying. But yeah. I'm, a, I'm big on the old crying. <laughs> but I, I, I left with like within 20 minutes because I was like, I just don't want to be here. I can't do it. And then it took me five years to go back. And then even then, that wasn't me making that choice. I was kind of like told, like, you should probably go. And I was like, yeah, it's probably good to do that. But I think that's a good thing because you wanted to go by yourself so you actually put the work in. Whereas like I was embarrassed to go because people are always, oh, but you're always really happy and really cheery and like there can't be anything wrong. And I'm like, you don't understand half the stuff that has gone on in my life before I've got to this point. Because yeah. you, I was thinking about Instagram. It sounds a bit weird, but like you're playing a bit of a character. Yeah. And unless you're like my close friend or my actual friend, you wouldn't really know a lot about my personal life because I choose not to share it. Yeah. But I think it's very easy to assume that people don't need help because of what you show them, but you haven't seen yeah. all the other shit that's gone on before that. Yeah, definitely. And you were literally playing a character for a while. Like you were a princess. At I, mean, I literally was like smiling and waving at people as a job. <laughs> How, um, were you, were you sad when you were a Disney princess? Just to... No, Disney was my dream job, which yeah. was, so I went, when I went to dance school, I was like, all I want to do is work at Disneyland. I was like, once I've worked at Disney, like I've made it, that's all I've ever wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and then I got the job straight after I graduated. So then, I kind of came back and I was like, mm, now what? Yeah. It is weird when you like you do your dream, whatever it is, then you're like, oh, it's not that great. Like it's good, but like do we want more? Yeah, like, but then I was like, okay, now I'm 19. I've done my job. What what like what comes next? And I was a bit like, now what? Uh oh, I'll go and work in I'll go and work in the city, I'll work in recruitment, I'll earn good money. Then I'm there like, I hate this job. I don't want to be here. This doesn't make me happy. So I go yeah. work some seasons in Ibiza instead. Still didn't make me that happy, but it was just distracting from all the other stuff that was going on. Yeah, yeah. Does so, it frustrate yeah, you when... Um... Probably, I don't... Sorry. sorry you go. No, you go. You go. Um, like, if you're talking about things that you regret, I probably would say a regret is that I then didn't push harder to go back to Disney because I think I did it I came back and I was like cool that's it now and like I should have carried on going back into dance but I was I went from being like used to go stand at the front in the middle and I was like one of the best in the class then when you've worked away and then come back there's loads of like fresh graduates so they're yeah. all at the front and I was like in the corner at the back and I was like oh okay I'm not as good as I was anymore and then it kind of goes yeah. from there and you're like hmm but then sometimes I think if I hadn't and I'd kind of pushed myself out of my comfort zone and gone and put myself in the front in the middle, I probably would have ended up doing something that I actually loved back then. Yeah. It's interesting. Like, where would you be now? But you've now got a life where like, you, I'm not going to assume you're happy, but like 
you're doing what you say you enjoy and like you say you wouldn't have met all these people maybe if you did that like you wouldn't have met the people that you've met the friends that you've got now like how many how many friends have you got that you went to school with one one yeah it's mental isn't it because when you're around that age you think those people are the be all and end all yeah and And i was from a very small town and like a lot of people that I went to school with have either married each other, they've had kids, or they're still all in the fr- same friendship groups. Mm. And I look at them now and I'm like, I don't think I have anything in common with any of you, which I don't think is a bad thing. I think I've just no. progressed so much in my life outside of who I was back then. But like, I left school like 10 years ago. A lot of stuff's happened in 10 years. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, it's weird, isn't it? Because when you are at school you're this one person but you're whatever wherever you are in school you're playing to a crowd like you're playing this person that you've kind of developed into because i think but until like age 10 like you're your own person when age 10 gets here like for you it'd have been boys for me it'd have been girls like you're like like why how are they gonna like me what am i gonna do to get them to like me and then you play this different character and then i think you get to like 24 25 and well for me i was like oh shit who the hell am i yeah because I'm not that person that I am, if you know what I mean. Yeah. It's a very, very strange, like, concept of people just pretending to be something for ages. And then for me, I had, like, a mental breakdown. I was like, right, well, let's just build up from the ground up. Is that kind of what led you into, like, therapy and stuff like that? Was that where it was? Or Yeah, kind of. But it's, it's a bit of an odd story. I was talking to my friend about this the other day. So when I came back from... Well, in between my first season and my second season in Ibiza, um, I was with my ex-boyfriend. I did not want to be with him. Like, I was finding any way to get out of this relationship. But I was still quite young and immature. I didn't know what to do. So instead Mm. of just dealing with it, I decided I was going to start doing bikini competitions because I was like, oh, it's fine if I, like, I'll put my focus into something where I can just do something for myself. Um, Mm. And then I went back for my second season, I was still competing. And then in between my second and my third, I decided I was gonna stop. And when I'd kind of stopped, I was like, I don't have an identity anymore. Cause I went from the girl who danced to the girl that then worked in Ibiza and did bikini competitions to the girl that kind of did nothing. Like I was into the gym, I was into fitness, I was training people, I was doing fitness, but I didn't know who I was past training for a competition so yeah. I kind of stopped competing and I was like now what I was like I don't I don't have anything like at the beginning I don't have anything interesting to say because my interesting thing used to be like oh, I did bikini competitions yeah and I'm like and I mean now I'm a very different person I think now I can actually have a conversation with someone and be like oh I do this and like this is quite cool that I do but I used to do that so I think yeah. initially I wanted to go to therapy because I was like I don't don't feel like I know who I am anymore. Yeah. It's such a common thing for people. How, you know, I think we're around the same. What are you? 26? 26. Yeah. 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 So I'm, I'm, I'm 26 in two months. Oh, <laughs> well, probably a that. month. <laughs> um, I think it's very common for people our age. Like there is a set group of like maybe 50% of people in their twenties are like, Oh, I know who I am. Like this is what I want to do. Like they're all like set on it. I don't know if I envy them because I feel like I'm pretty grateful for the fact that I've had to like build from the ground up or am currently building from the ground up because oh, um, it like allows you to sort of reassess things. But um, I'm glad that we've got into this because we've, we've gone right into the regrets. I know and this is really into this wasn't the way I thought yeah, it was going I like it. No, yeah, I'm really enjoying it because and the best thing is that there'll be people listening that are like, Do you know what, I I was the girl that did this or I was the boy that did this. And this is normal. This is this is completely normal to have those kind of feelings and to have to reach out for therapy and to do like the work, like looking into yourself. And I think a lot of the people that I speak to have had that kind of flip in their life when they're like oh yeah i'm not really cool with who i am right now yeah or they're and like they thought they really like doing something then they're like oh hold mm. on like that's not one of my friends who i used to do bodybuilding with is now into like long distance running she does ultra marathons and stuff and she was literally like i didn't even know why i did that like i didn't even enjoy it and now she's like i love what i do i love running 
But mm. she had to have that turning point where she was like, hold on a minute. I don't know what, who, what I am or who I, who I want to be. Yeah. And discovered running and now she's like this incredible runner, which oh, sick. is cool. But like, I think you have to have that turning point in your life at one point, one day you just wake up and you're like, what am I doing? Yeah. And you feel it building up for a while. Yeah. When I left <laughs> I my last Ibiza season, I left early and I remember I woke up one morning and I walked into work and as I was walking in, I was like, I do not want to be here. And I was walking around and I was like, I'm actually really lucky to be living on this really cool island, like getting paid all right, having a job that literally hundreds of girls want. I was working at Ocean Beach. Yeah. And I think at yeah. that point, everyone was like, oh my God, that's like the dream job to be a hostess. The job wasn't bad, but I wouldn't advise yeah. anyone to do it. Like it's not a career and it's not that fun. But yeah. I was walking to work and I was like, I don't want to be here anymore. And I had it in my notice and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like literally. That's was like, good though. Mm. Hands in my notice and she was like, are you sure you want to leave? And I was like, uh, yes. Um, yeah yeah it's fine yeah just have it I don't yeah don't ask me again and then I did yeah. my two weeks notice the day before I actually ended up leaving I was like I my stuff was packed like I was ready to go and I was like I just need to go home I don't know what I'm gonna do when I get home had nowhere to live I got back and I bought a car that I couldn't afford because I was like oh I need transport like you know when yeah. you kind of start doing things to try and put something in motion but you're like I don't, I don't know why I'm doing all these things yeah did you, um, did you have any idea about what you were going to do? Like, did you know you were going to get into like PT? And, I knew um, I was going to go into personal training because I was like, this is yeah. what I really love doing. It's kind of something that I'm passionate about. I want to help people. And then you kind of then find your field with PT of who the people, kind of people you're going to attract. So mine's like yeah, yeah. female fat loss is my target audience. Yeah. But I, I personally have never had a male inquiry of anyone that wants to train with me. But yeah. that's because that's not the kind of people i like to work with yeah, yeah it's weird isn't it you find like you find your audience like when i started this podcast i was like i don't know who's going to listen and i didn't think that many blokes would listen because two years ago i wouldn't have listened to a podcast like this like there's there's no way and my listenership is predominantly female so i've kind of I got into a stage where I was almost playing to the audience a little bit. Yeah. Um, not like in the actual podcast I do, but there's a couple of times that I had to have like a week off because I had a bit of a breakdown because I was just like, am I changing who I am just because I can see who's listening? So now I just completely ignore it. I think I've got more boy listeners now. So shout out to the boys. Um, <laughs> the lads, come on. <laughs> the, on the lads, get reading. Um <laughs> But yeah, it's, it's weird how that works, isn't it? You no, know, like, I think as well is boys are often secret readers and listeners. Mm-hmm. This is something I've noticed, right? If I, people ask me for like podcast recommendations, I'll give them out. And then men will inbox and be like, oh my God, that's such a good podcast. But yeah, yeah. It's not, I think it's quite common for girls to sit in a group and be like, hey, have you read this? Or have you listened to this? Yeah. A, bo- a group of boys would not sit down and talk about that. So I don't think sometimes yeah. they discuss openly enough different podcasts that they listen to because it's yeah not, definitely like people think reading's not cool but i yeah, actually really reading. i think it's good for you oh my god it's so good for you let's yeah well let's let's talk about reading real quick because it's literally changed my life so like i don't know if you've listened to like any of the early episodes but like i think i used to be a bit of a prick not that much for a prick <laughs> but just like just like a bit of a prick and reading for me has opened up so many like doors you know we talk about like the book of regrets like I know that there are books that I've read that have had that butterfly effect of to great parts of my life that wouldn't have been there if I hadn't read that book and hadn't opened my mind up to that certain like line of thought or like way of life so reading like reading is probably one of the most powerful things that can change your life like really cheap also, well. I think you can learn a lot from reading, even if it's a fiction book. Like Midnight Library is a fiction book, but I wouldn't call that a fiction book. Like I learned a lot just from reading it. But yeah. you're right there. <laughs> yeah, I'm just getting the hoodie on. <laughs> it's got cold. It's got cold all of a sudden. Um, <laughs> I, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't usually like pick up a fiction book to read because I'd usually read something that I was going to learn more from. But I actually think I've learned more from this fiction book than I would a normal book 
Yeah. Do you know why that is? Because with a fiction book, you're coming to the conclusions yourself. You're imagining this story and you get to, you're almost like in your head, it's like you're watching a film as, as yeah. you're reading it along. And you take the message from it as opposed to being told. And like, you know, as a coach, like you can't just tell people stuff because they don't want to hear it. You kind of got to like help them, like air, tap, tap them into figuring them out themselves. So when you read a novel and you take these certain messages, not only do you feel like they're kind of uniquely your message, um, but it's, oh, it's insane. And it goes on a journey. And I, I didn't used to read novels. And then I read The Alchemist and I took stuff from that, from like I've spoken to others and they've taken completely different messages from The Alchemist. So it's like you almost, you find your own story within yeah, the story. Yeah, you find your own pathway. Into it. It's even like, do you remember when you were younger and you were reading Harry Potter books? Mm-hmm. I you read them when you were younger, but like, yeah. I feel like as a child growing up, like it's so good for your imagination as well. And like, even in someone now in like my real life tells me a story, I'm like picturing what's happened to them while they're telling me. Yeah. But reading books growing up has helped me, helped my imagination when it comes to things like that. Yeah, definitely. I think even now as an adult, like my creativity's like been boosted since I've been reading other things where I'm forced to use my imagination to like imagine what that character looks like and imagine how they're behaving in their body language, stuff like that. Like um, the chapter in the midnight library, when there's the polar bear, like we could yeah. imagine that in completely different ways. Like how close was the polar bear for you in that chapter? Literally like more? right in front of her face. So for me, like it wasn't, it was a bit further away and that's so like it was about it's about 30 meters away in in my imagination and it's the same words and we're reading the same words but our brains like display it in a different way it's more like yeah i was imagining it like it was like walking towards her but it was like in front of her face like it was literally about to eat her yeah yeah it's mad isn't it because that's like two completely different pictures so i i say we move on from midnight library now i know we've we've gone away and we've come back but I don't want to ruin it for people to read it. That's that's the thing with novels is you don't want to ruin it. But honestly, anyone listen, I'm saying five stars. No, can even be can people see this? Is it a YouTube one as well? Nah. Ruining for absolutely no reason. Absolutely five stars would recommend best money I've spent. Yeah, it's it's an insane book, and do you know he's got a film? um film deal from it has it yeah so they've they've signed the deal for that it's going to be a film i don't know if it'll be like a netflix film but he's got um the boy called christmas which is coming out on netflix around christmas this year i think which is one of his other books um but he had to speak volumes for like how good it is like he's literally been out a couple months they've already snapped it up there's so many people he i tagged him on my story the other day and he restoried it and i messaged and i was like thank you so much for this book like you're amazing and he was like oh thank you so much for reading it he's like, i didn't think anyone would and i was like that's how humble he is that he thought no one yeah. would read book. and i'm like you changed my life <laughs> oh my god i'm just really annoyed that he's replied to you because he never replies to me and i email him every other week so hey matt love you oh my god Damn it, why didn't you reshare something of mine that day? <laughs> Your name was on it. I tagged you in it as well. Oh my God, he ignored me still. Do you want me to send a message? Hey, is there a podcast you'd like? Yeah, it's like, hey, I've heard of this really good podcast. <laughs> Can you tell everyone else what this other book is that you think everyone should read? Okay, so this book is called The Book You Wish Your Parents Had Read and Your Children Will Be Glad That You Did. And you will read it and you'll be like, wow like a lot of people i read this when i was in bali in january february mm. and the amount you've made me parent my children differently because you told me to read that book oh really yeah like i after i'd read it i was talking to my therapist and i was like i've read this book i've done this this and this and she was like oh have you she's like that's really interesting so i told her what it was she went back and read it and then she was like that book is unreal Oh, I love it when therapists like give you, so it's tell written, you something's good. <laughs> I know. The book is written by a therapist, okay. but it's not written in a way where you feel like you're getting therapy from a book. It's like 
it basically takes you through like, I'm trying to think of an example where there was, say a child is outside walking on the street and they're crying and they want to sit down. Yeah. Instead of then shouting at the child to be like, come on, we need to go home. If you bring yourself down to the child's level and you chat with them and be like, what's wrong? Why are you upset? Like, tell mm. me, tell me what's upsetting you. And you, child the child's been walking for a long time or they're tired or they don't feel well by you assuming that they're being lazy because they're not walking you kind of immediately have a go at that child the next time the child doesn't feel well they won't tell you because they think they're going to get shouted at yeah it's like trauma proofing your child yeah but even there's little things when the children are in the supermarket and they're screaming and shouting if you explain to the child that you're going to the supermarket to buy food for dinner and like break it down for them, this is what you're doing and this is where you're going, they'll mm. be less overwhelmed. I get that. It's like um, start with why. Like instead of just saying like this is what you're doing, it's like this is why you're doing it. Yeah. Or like if the child's crying at night, you can, well, obviously not if it's a baby, but like if it's a toddler and they keep crying, ask them why they're upset and if they're like i'm scared what are you scared of and why are you scared of this and this this and this mm. it from child view and the adult's point of view yeah then it's like the adult might pick the kid up from school and the adult's already had a bad day and the child picks up on that so then the child yeah. this is how like adults become avoidance because you avoid telling your parents something so they don't flip out at you and then as an adult you'll carry that into your adult life and not really realize why you're doing it Oh yeah, I watched in terms of like attachment type, like so, because someone had a go at you for being emotional or something when you were younger. You're then yeah. like in relationships, you're like nope, not gonna do it. Yeah, or like if like you were crying because you were scared of something, maybe as you were like fourteen, fifteen, like you're you're scared of growing up is one of the examples in the book. And instead of the parent being like, okay, well, why are you scared? What are you worried about? They're like, don't be so pathetic. Because mm. then as an adult, you will then take it out on other people in a different way. But the way the yeah. book's written is so interesting. When I have children, I've already got that insight. Because I wish yeah. my mum had read that, like my parents had read that when I was a child. Weird that. <laughs> no, because I think that would have made me a different adult. Yeah. Because you read a lot of things and you're like, oh, okay, that's interesting. They probably had yeah. never thought about that because of their upbringing. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? Because the advances in like psychological studies and stuff, even from like when we were born to kids that are born like 10 years later, like they know different things. And yeah, it'll be good to read that because you need to combat it because I don't have much faith in like what it's going to be like for future generations now like with all the internet and stuff like that and instagram and oh it puts me off having them because i'm just like these i'm just going to raise these anxious like people that are just going to fall into comparison yeah. traps with other people it doesn't fill you with much confidence yeah no and i think that's also part of the thing now that why you're trying to I'm trying to make it for people to go to therapy so they can sort out their issues before they have a child because imagine yeah. if you're like have issues of I personally don't do this but like you look at someone online you're like oh I wish I looked like that mm. you wouldn't want to have that bubble around you that then your child would pick up on and then do that themselves yeah I know what you mean it's it's a very very strange world and sometimes you see people like putting stories up with their baby it'll be like a selfie and there'll be like a filter on like both of them oh i know that makes me really upset unless they're doing it as a joke and that's quite funny yeah but when they're just generally storing i'm like it's it's funny because kids are so focused on like aesthetics and stuff so when i was talking to my my goddaughter she was like six or seven at the time and Firstly, I'll say I love her more than anything in the world. She's a legend. And she was asking me about my my ex and she was like, oh, what's she like? What's she like? And I was like, oh, well, she's pretty pretty smart. She's pretty funny. Um, she's like, is she pretty? I was like, yeah, but she's very funny. She's been like, she's very intelligent. And she's like, I didn't ask if she was funny. I asked if she was pretty. Because <laughs> like, that's the important thing, like when you're yeah. like seven or eight years old. Like, 
I, I, it's, I don't know how they're going to change it, but I hope they do. Like, yeah, but even like, I think that's very surface level for children. Like I was bullied mm. at school for the way I looked, but mm. the same people now will, this is quite a good story actually. So I used to have a mole on my face that I had to get yeah. removed. And there was a girl at school at me like she was horrible yeah. to me yeah and she would be like you're so ugly i don't even know why you like no one was like quite surface level bullying but like it kind of hurts yeah. when you're like 15 oh, you're, you're kind of a, like a girl like you don't really no one really knows how to put makeup on like no one really knows how to dress and yeah. um i when i used to work in a pub she was a customer and she was like oh you're really pretty now and i was like interesting but i haven't forgot how you treated me and why would she say now like, exactly so were you assuming that i was ugly because i had a mole on my face like it just things like that don't make sense to me but then i would never i would make sure my child would never say to someone oh you've got that on your face so you're really ugly yeah it, um i do wonder what bullies think now that they're grown up um like i, I wonder if they're still little cunts or if they now regret it. I just wonder like, if they like that in our oh, sorry, I didn't get that bit. I it bet they've got a big book of regrets. Yeah, that's what uh, I'm thinking because because like yeah, your compassion levels like go up as you get older. Like oh, it's mad. I don't know. Sure. I sometimes I just think, do they ever look back? Like, do those people ever look back and think, oh, what was I like at school? Yeah, you should tell them. <laughs> Do you know what? It's not worth, not worth the energy. It's not, it's, no, it's so it's so not worth the energy. And like, I definitely like I I remember doing some questionable things at school. One time in PE, I kicked a basketball. And you ever see anyone kick a basketball? No. Well, they go way faster than the football ever goes, and they're really <laughs> really hard. And I kicked it, and we must have been about fifteen. So like, I had a pretty hefty boot on me. And this basketball just pinged this girl in the head. And sometimes I'll wake up in the morning and I'll think about that. And I'll be like, Ed, you are a true piece of shit. <laughs> oh, I bet that hurt as well. Yeah, oh. I'm sure it did. And I like, I, I make it, if I've done wrong by people, like in, in the past, whenever I see them now, like I won't go out my way to like message people. But like, if I have, I'll go up to them like, look, I'm genuinely sorry about the way i treated you and if i ever made you feel a certain way because like i truly truly am and i do wonder if if people that were like really bad people think like that i mean probably not if they're still like that i think those kind of people are the ones that need to work a lot on themselves read mm. more do more things listen to more podcasts socialize yeah. more because those yeah. kind of people probably are now in jobs that they hate and are looking at it's like online trolling oh. like how upset are you with your life that you need to come over here and try and shit on mine? Because um, those are the kind of people that would have bullied people at school. Yeah, 100%. Or they make like a little fake account and then they're just like, oh, hey, you're a twat. Aha. Uh-huh. Grow up, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's that negative energy, like it actually takes more energy to go out of your way and be like, say something shitty to someone than it does to say nothing at all and unfollow them. Exactly. Like, it's more energy for you to type me a message. So crack on if you want to waste your time. <laughs> mm, yeah, I don't think like that. If I get negative messages, I'm like, oh, you're right. I'm a loser. Sorry. But again, I don't really get that I many like reading. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I've been quite fortunate, to be fair. Like, I've literally not got many. But I think now I'm prepared because I, I think about getting them all the time, even though I never get them. That's you definitely my... shouldn't think about getting them. Yeah. You have I a know. podcast. What are people going to come to you for? Sorry, I, I found the pronunciation of a word. Oh, uh, yeah, but when people do that, I'm like, yeah, to be fair, I do say stuff wrong all the time, but I don't <laughs> claim to be that intelligent. So <laughs> it, it works in my favour. I'm like, ah, uh, uh, Frederick Nietzsche. I was like, Nietzsche's ya? <laughs> yeah, this, uh, and pronunciations of words, like, who cares? Literally, who cares? When you find you a get, you get the gist. When you're reading a book and you just kind of like don't know what the words are, you just skip over it. And skip hope it, it, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Oh, no, okay, no, we'll just move on. Yeah, I love that because sometimes I'll see a word in the book and I'm like, you know what, I want to, um, I want to remember that, and then it's gone. 
just yeah. completely gone. And then, to be fair, I did take a few pictures of pages of like quotes I liked. Mm. I'll keep them and I'll remember them. Yeah, nice. I'll never get back through the book to try and find them again. <laughs> yeah, good. Um, before I let you go there, because I'm just conscious of time, but I always ask guests, what's the one book that they gift to people most before oh. Midnight Library? Because I know you've already given that out or recommended that. Oh, wait, there's another one. Hold on, let me find the name of it, because this is another good one that I think... This is mainly aimed at females, but yeah, if cool. your listeners well, are female, then... Yep. It's called Everything I Know About Love by Dolly Alderton. Oh, and I'm it, reading that at the moment. Do you like it? Yeah, I, I, I rate it. I've been, that's someone's asked like, me to read that for ages. Yeah, that's like, and there's that one. And there's one called Queenie by Candice Carty Williams is her name. And it's about like dating in the modern world. Mm-hmm. But it's from like a, you have to just read it because I don't want to, I'll ruin it if I tell you what it's about but like it's written so well but those are the top two the top two so everything i know about love i'm not halfway through that at the moment i because i just want to understand a little bit more about a woman's life because i think it's just important and i think that one's that one's well written and it's quite easy to read Mm. funny in times like and it just makes you from a male point of view it just makes you think about things that you've never thought about Exactly. And that's important. Which in turn will help you in the long run because then you can relate to way more people. Exactly. Yes. Nice. Well, Knowledge, before... bomb. Knowledge bomb. Dropped it. Um, <laughs> where can people find you, Fliss? On Instagram, my tag is Felicity Rosina. Um, my website is www.sassysquadtraining.com. And that's it. Perfect. And what is the Sassy Squad, just before we go? It is a female fat loss aimed training program. Um, we have a big group chat. We do like Zoom workouts. We all just have a laugh, make friends and get fit while we do it. Oh, lovely. What a, what a nice tagline. Well, thank you Fantastic. very much. Any, any part, in, part in words? And that's a rubbish question as well, just like the one at the start. Pick up more books. And don't be embarrassed if you like reading. It's a good thing. More people read than you think they say they do. Thank you very much for listening in there. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. I definitely did. If you don't want to buy Midnight Library by now, then mm, I'm a bit confused. But if it's on your reading list, I'll put a link for the book in the description of this episode, as well as all of Fliss's details for her Instagram and all of the sponsor details. So all of the information for better help, if you do want to head through to that website, if you remember from the start of the episode, I'll chuck that down below. And I'll also chuck the information for our other sponsor, Pure Sport CBD. CBD is a product that helps me with anxiety, sleep, anti-inflammatory benefits. But you can go and take a quiz on puresportcbd.com to see which products would be right for you. If you decide that they are right for you, you've got a need to read 20 issue discount for 20% off. Like I said, all of the information is in the description of this episode. And thank you very much for listening. Take it easy.